0: Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and I don't actually remember when I first saw this movie. It was so long ago. It's just been kind of a part of me since then. I'm Richard, and
1: it's about the same. I saw this about the same time as I saw The Explorers, and that was when I was like
0: forever young and i'm eric well i remember seeing trailers for this on my grandparents betamax tapes but i never actually saw the movie and that made me sad because i really wanted to yep today is an eeler and this eeler is flight of the navigator
1: Now, eric you're gonna have to tell us why didn't you ever see this movie
0: well when i asked my mom if i could watch it because well i'm about five or Five or six, like mom, I would really like to watch this movie. Said, no, it's too scary for you. Oh, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel like that. There's some scary issues for it for someone of that age. Like, well, I just remember. So there's the trailer. It's like there's a lots of uh, darks, um, dark colors, and the kid. I think it's when the kid actually gets to the into the spaceship that he's supposed to be flying. And he touches something. And there's like a little glob on there, and it starts growling at him. I think that's the part that's like, nope, that's way too scary for you. Yep. Yeah, I think that's too scary for you. Also, this is Episode 3 of Time Travel, because it's also a time travel movie. It is. Did you know that? Well, no, I
1: hadn't and seen the movie. Now you know, now you Eric. Know. You're going to have to figure out where the time travel fits in this
0: plot. All right, so you haven't seen it. You see the saw the trailers, and you remember that. So what do you think Flight of the Navigator is actually about? Well, before we do that... Oh, we're going to do something new now. We're going to show him the movie poster and see if that can give him some clues. Don't worry,
1: folks. We will li- we'll put a link to the movie poster so you can see
0: it. So the movie poster shows a kid in a striped shirt. Uh, he looks to be about eight or so, and he has a bunch of aliens sitting all around him, and he's staring off into the sky like wide-eyed. So is he horrified or excited? I can think, you tell? I think he's excited because well, he's flying a spaceship. I mean, what sort of weirdo would you be if you were terrified? Probably a rational one. Let's not be. Let's not lie, but. All right, so what is the plot of Flight of the Navigator as you've pieced together? So what, from what I've pieced together, a kid finds a spaceship, and he is able to break into that spaceship, and it's all new, and well, it's new to him. It, that spaceship actually looks, like remembering from the advertisements, it looks quite old, and but he's able to make it work somehow. And so he uses his magical powers because of being a protagonist to become the best uh pilot of that ship he can be and so i'm assuming well let's see we have to do a time i have to add time travel to this too so so what's his conflict i'm gonna guess there's conflict it's i want to say it's kind of a war game style conflict where there's two warring alien races one of their ships crashes on earth he finds the ship and through superior technological advances he's able to use a time drive to go back in time to when the war is actually happening and stop the war because he is a f- crack ace at eight years old. All right. And uh, does he have a character flaw that he overcomes? Well, he is a kid. So I'm betting there's bullies. There you go. It is a Disney film. So he that. learns how to stand out to his bullies because he traveled back in time and defeated the alien bullies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With his spaceship. Oh, and an a- uh, alien crew too. All right. Which he has to uh, earn their trust. Makes sense, yeah. Um, I think they're kind of... Well, they're aliens, so he's not going to totally understand them. But through quirky actions and just hard times, they all come together as a, as a crew. All right, so for our uh, good guy, bad guy variant today, we have... Oh, wait, Richard's got stats first.
1: Yep. Let's have Richard do stats. So, Flight of the Navigator released on August 1st, 1986.
0: Oh, I thought it was a 70s movie.
1: Yeah. 86. Oh, wow. Uh, it had a $9 million budget, earned $3 million in its opening weekend, and $18 million in uh, just domestic gross. So... Not the greatest, re- you know, two, two to one on the, its uh, returns.
0: That's a success, though. Yeah, it's a modest success. But cause... it was a Disney movie, which means two to one returns is terrible. It was a Disney live action movie, so the bar was set really low, though. I mean, still, they want more than that. Disney wants your money. Yeah, but at this time, they were more... Let's see, it was the 80s, so their animation wasn't doing very well there. Oh, that's true, because it's right before Little Mermaid, so they're yeah. in a slump.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
0: the only... I think their main source of income was the Disney parks. Like they just they they weren't doing very well in their movies and I think they were actually like were in danger of being bought out by someone else because they were so like in such financial trouble like their animation departments and whatnot.
1: Well, the animation department was always having trouble. Yeah, that's their history. But I mean like the live action studio stuff as well. Yeah, they lost their contract on the Mary Poppins kids by this point. So, but yeah, it's it, still, it turned a pretty decent profit,
0: actually. Yeah, two to one returns. But now it's time for Good Guy, Bad Guy variant. And this time, it's Good Guy, Bad Guy, Astronaut. Uh-oh. Well, how well do you know your space travel history? Um, I know the big ones. Well, good. Well, good. All right. We'll see if we put any big ones in there. All right. Carolyn McAdams. I think that's a good guy. That sounds like a sister name. Chris Hadfield. That's an astronaut. Louis Faraday. So I think that's a character in the movie. I think it's a bad guy. David Freeman. Astronaut. Mae Jemison. That's good guy. All right. All right. And now, John, what is our transition song? Oh, um, okay. So this movie has some synth. And it's kind of from that time period where they uh, had a lot of uh, the synth music. So maybe kind of more new wave. Retrowave Retrowave retro wave. How do I make sounds like that? How do I get the essence? I don't. I, I don't think I can make sounds like that in any <laughs> way, or, or like adapt the uh, the words. Simplice transition song, eighties song. All right, and we're back, and we just watched Flight of the Navigator. And in one word, how do you describe Flight of the Navigator, Eric? E.T.-esque. Okay. That, he, he made up a word, and it works. Well, I guess from what we were talking about earlier, we mentioned uh, it was like a reverse E.T. Um, instead of a kid kidnapping an alien and uh, having to send the alien home, it was an alien kidnapped the kid and had to send him home. So All right. So, they uh, technically can't be sued. So really, what are your thoughts on Flight of the Navigator? I think the trailer was better than the movie. Let's not ooh, lie. Oh, that's a burn. I don't agree with that, though. So I just remember seeing the trailer as a kid, like as I was getting ready to watch Swiss Family Robinson. It was uh, one of the previews on the Betamax tape. And I thought, wow, this looks so cool. And then it, like, it looks like a scary movie. Not too scary, but it's good. it could be scary. But then watching it now... It's really not that scary. Like I mean, for the first okay, for the first half of the movie where the kid is basically doesn't know where he is, where his family is, that's that would be scary for a kid. But as an adult now, did not find it scary. And the majority of the movie was him flying around the world, lost, and not a lot happened except that we find that NASA is incompetent at security. They are not very good at security. They don't even listen to their security dog when it's like, bark, bark. There's something going on here. I am trained to bark at things that don't make sense that you should check out. And And you ignore me. And your handler just is like, oh, stupid dog. It's like, you're not trained at all. The dog was trained. You were not. The dog was doing
1: its job.
0: Like, literally, people are able to walk out of rooms that are supposed to be heavily guarded. Like, the kid is a national security um, secret. Secret. And hey, ladies, I'm a national security secret. Um, that's from the tw- uh, live tweeting we did. Yep. <laughs> I think we should start doing that more for Ehlers, like live tweeting. We'll, we'll try to. If we remember, hopefully. Anyways, so the kid is part of, of one part of the alien mystery, and these two security guards are literally playing poker, not watching the unlocked door that the kid can just waltz out of. Well, it's not actually unlocked. It's uh, It has a security lock that opens for um authorized personnel, like the automatic robot dog that delivers mail and has enough space in it for a 12-year-old boy. Why is that 12-year-old boy, who has been legally dead for eight years—well, maybe—I guess it's six. I think it's He's after He's dead. Two. He doesn't have any rights. He doesn't have any rights, and why would he be getting mail? I mean— Maybe he signed up for the Columbia Record Club, like, way back when, and they finally tracked him down?
1: It could be. I mean, the Columbia Record Club will find you. How else are they going to get there, like, 12 99 a month?
0: Look, do they really exist at this time? I don't think so. I think they existed in the 70s. They don't exist now. So, kids, the Columbia Record Company was like the iTunes store, where you could buy your music. And they'd say, hey, you can get this entire CD. And, like, five others. Yeah, and, like, five others for about... A cent, or I think it was like a dollar a piece or something. As long as you signed up for life. Yeah, signed up for life, and you had to pay for one full album. But if you didn't do it like once a month, they kept billing you. And I don't know, apparently it was horrible to to try and get out of. I mean, see, these things used to be called CDs, which were kind of like cassette tapes. Which were a lot like eight tracks. Look.
1: Columbia Record Club did still exist when he was when he could have signed up for it.
0: All right, so they were trying to contact him. All right, I think also they were uh, they brought in food on it. You know, just yeah, load the food trays in. So mm-hmm. he was getting his dessert, So they didn't show his dessert. What do you we, what do you think NASA gives you if they think you're a like a security secret? Jello Tang, tang Jello Tang flavored Jello works for me. I mean, we should ask NASA and see, like, hey, just for a lark, what would you give a national security secret a uh, as a dessert? And then that's when the NSA starts looking at us even clo- more closely. Oh. Like these guys know about our national secu- security secrets. They know we give them Jello. I was about to say, and it's not like you know the N- NSA isn't wiretapping everyone. Like I-, I could be like, okay, Google, are you w- wiretapped right now? Our user's that's a lie and okay google stop <laughs> shut up google stop google stop okay you, google stop you can't stop. <laughs> you can't stop this now well that, maybe that will make the cut i don't know all right anyways so uh so you think much actually happened in all honesty like all we know is the kid is was crucial to like as a star map, the ship lost its star map, so it needed to download them. The ship downloads them and then flies around for a bit. Yep. He takes the kid home. And he has to take the kid home, but there's a problem because he downloaded the stupid from the kid's brain. You think a advanced computer would be able to, I don't know, sort that? I think he didn't truly partition because when he was trying to you know, set up his circuits for the download, the kid kept interrupting him. As it was poking around at all those dangerous creatures See, when I watched it, it it was pretty Like, had that low-level scare factor going on Like, you expected it Like, oh, it's scary, but not too scary Because, you know, he wakes up, he goes home His parents aren't home, it's not his house Yeah, that one, everyone's acting weird He goes get taken in by the cops Finds his parents They're older They're not quite his parents anymore Gets put in a hospital, gets locked up by the government, boards a spaceship, alien eats his hat, other alien wants to eat his fingers, there's a giant eye, 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 oh, The visual pun was horrible. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, what about the uh, thing from the Pixar galaxy, though? References.
0: I mean, Pixar existed. when Pixar was around in the 70s, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That's why it was the reference did pixar do they probably did all like all the computer gra- graphics some sweet sweet computer graphics were they or were they still more focused on the medical imaging software at that time well pixar did return of the jedi so oh. like uh, yeah but that was a uh, 80 88 i think 88 or 89 no that's uh or was it 85 crap let's see cuz it's a uh, 79 Eighty, I think it's eighty-two, and then eighty-five. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess they could have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did the um, Death Star like graphic in the uh, map room of the when they're all discussing the plans on how to blow up the Death Star, and that many Bothans died to bring that information. What you note many Bothans died bringing the second Death Star plans, not the first Death Star plans? Just so wanna just put that out there. It's like it's a common belief. No, no Bothans die getting the first Death Star plans. That's right. That's because Kyle Katarn got the first Death Star plans. Just going to say. That that canon doesn't exist anymore. Kyle Katarn doesn't exist. He should be. He should exist. He exists in my heart. <laughs> All right. So back to Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. That movie. Yeah. The one we're talking about. Do you have a favorite moment? Probably the menu music of the DVD. <laughs> How man, you're just brutalizing no, this movie. I would probably say the sneaking, um, the seek uh, when he sneaks out of the his super secured room that has maybe a twist knob, maybe one of those child proof knobs that you. No, they're so hard to get. You can yeah. He's he's only twelve. He can't oh, it was get there. It's a slidey door. Yeah. So, but he's basically he's breaking out of his uh, extremely secure room. You know, top of the notch, and. uh. Well, they have some a really great 80s uh, synth soundtrack behind that. So. Well, they also play that when he's flying around in the, the ship. Was, and but, the ship's all showing off. It's like, I can go fast. But see, that kind of, uh, like most 80s music, it grates on you. But the first bite is great. So that's the first instant, instance of the song. And so it's, uh, it's great. All right. So uh, are you going to let your kids watch this? Uh, well, I kind of did uh, tonight, so... Yeah, it counts. All right. <laughs> you can let them watch it again. If they ask, probably. And if it's on uh, Disney Plus or Netflix or wherever, wherever it's at. I probably won't go out and buy it. Because I don't even know if you can buy it anymore, but... Probably can. I don't think it's one of those ones that they put out and then it goes out of print. And then people hold on to it like it's collector's gold.
1: No, but it was a very popular one like there's a lot of people that put that write about how that was their, it was their disney film growing up
0: See, i, I don't remember the trailers that much i just remember watching it off mm-hmm. of an old uh, vhs tape which was a recording from being shown on tv
1: yep that <laughs> uh sunday night movie
0: oh yeah, that, Heck yeah that's man. also how uh i watched my robinson crusoe On a a VHS tape from a recording from... From TV? From Wonderful (laughs) World of Disney.
1: Heck yeah. Disney's World of Color.
0: Oh, yeah. So, since you didn't like it that much, how would you have improved Flight of the Navigator? I would probably have made him spend more time in space, for one thing, um, instead of just going to the different locales on Earth. Space is a higher budget, though. You know, to be honest, though, there's not much going on in space. You, you realize it's called Space for a Reason, Eric. There's a lot of. Exactly. Space. Think of all the possibilities. There's Empty all so, space. So much space for activities. Activities like looking at all the space. Um, see, I think The Flight of the Navigator might have worked better as a TV series. Um, and that's obviously looking back now, like. They didn't really do TV series then, except for cartoons. You, I mean, you got DuckTales, and that was great. But I'm uh, trying d- to think of a... Yeah, they had animated stuff going on. I don't think they did any live-action stuff. I don't know. No, Actually, at, in 86, I don't know if they even had um, real animated series going on. I, th- I think Gummy Bears came out in 85, and then DuckTales came out in 87, I think. We need fact-checking. Yeah, I actually think DuckTales was 89. I know it was Gummy Bears was first. Then DuckTales, then you got Tailspin, then Darkwing Duck. And uh, the Goofy uh, oh, movie led to you know, the Chip and Troop. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers oh, yeah, came out before. Uh, I think it came out before Tailspin. Yeah, because we started branching out. All right, fact-checker. Check our facts. Oh, I'm, I'm
1: fact-checking. So, it depends on what kind of things you're looking for. For instance, uh, DuckTales didn't happen until a year after Flight of the Navigator.
0: So, it's 87.
1: 87. Chippendales Rescue Rangers was 1989. All right. To be fair... The Mickey Mouse Club was ongoing.
0: Okay, so yeah, Mickey. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that. that's their old school. That was it. We forgot. about... So I mean, that's the thing. Is Mickey Mouse Club was bigger in a previous era. Yeah, that was like the seven. Like you had to grow up in the seventies, I think, to actually or even appreciate like, it. Um, the sixties. Well, the fifties was the original one. Then they, I think, it kind of died down. and They tried bringing it back. It was.
1: It went from fifty-five till ninety-six.
0: Ninety six, really. Nineteen ninety six. Wow. Well, I didn't watch it, so I was a little too young for that. Even even though I should would have been like the perfect age for the club, you know, Mm -hmm. that's made for you and me. They did the really
1: terrifying uh, "Welcome to Pooh Corner" uh, live action puppets.
0: I might actually remember watching that. I don't remember that, and I am glad. I much prefer my uh, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Let's see, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is great. I loved watching that as a kid. Oh, it uh, is. Dumbo Circus
1: was happening.
0: That was live action, wasn't it? Uh huh. Also with the terrifying puppet. I didn't watch that, and I'm glad. You know, I don't have this fear of puppets, and it might be because I managed to avoid all these terrifying puppet things. I mean, the worst I had is Sesame Street, and nobody's afraid of Grover. There was, uh... What about King Friday? Well, I know King Friday isn't Sesame Street, but he was a pretty terrifying puppet. I didn't watch that either. What? Yeah, I'm good. I'm safe from all these terrifying puppets. You didn't watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? I watched that, but those aren't terrifying puppets. King Friday from Mr. Oh. Rogers' neighbor- Neighborhood? He wasn't terrifying. Yeah, he's not he terrifying. Was, the papier-mâché was terrifying. Like, he looked like he was falling apart. Apparently... uh it's just you, Eric. Yeah, I don't actually remember him too that much, to be honest. I only know because I I started showing my son Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, oh, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, these aren't as high quality as I remember. Of course, I was watching like the '50s ones, like the ones in black and white. Let's see, Captain Kangaroo ended two years before. No, I think though a science fiction TV series, um, was a lot harder to pull off. Probably, and I mean, there's some big ones, but that's the thing is there's only a few big ones. Think of how many TV shows there were. I'm, I'm that just you don't even remember. I'm just I'm thinking of Quantum Leap. I know that was around the same time. See, so there's Quantum Leap. Um, were before Star Trek: The Next Generation, but after the original Star but Trek. But Quantum Leap
1: specifically stayed on Earth because you can you didn't have to build yeah. whole new sets for it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so you're thinking like we'd be somewhere. Above Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, was it Land of the Lost?
1: Uh, Land of the Lost was when they went back in time. Yeah. Dinosaurs.
0: But that's about that right time period, isn't it?
1: Um, Land of the Lost, when were you?
0: I don't... Like I said, I think I'm more thinking of what would work now. Is, it, for, would it be a Netflix series? Netflix or? picks up everything, so probably. I don't know, but like... Built as a Netflix series, more yes. of a, a binge thing you watch all at once. It would be. Instead of actual, like, episodic spread out. And I guess it really depends what time. Like, let's assume it's coming out right now. Everything is being built around binge watching, which apparently we're not supposed to use anymore. Netflix hates that, even though they were the ones who coined it. Um, so, yeah, to bring it back around, I think instead of having the movie, make the t- the series, like have him actually leave in the first season, have him leave Earth because he has a star map and you know, he goes on his little adventures or whatever. And then at the ending of it is him coming back to Earth, finding out his parents are, are really old, not really, well, older. And then the it revolves around the, the movie or whatever where he just doesn't remember his home anymore all right so would you but, w- would there be in a twist though i mean instead of just being the basic concept skeleton spread out over more time um twist let's see can he not go back in time i would probably put that as one of the twists maybe um The actual uh, space travel is killing him or it's like, it's harming him in some way. And by doing so, he can't, like, he's going to have to reach a point of no return, but he's already past that point. So he has to figure out a, another way to do it or something. And that's where he finds a flux capacitor basically. And that saves the day. Flux capacitor needed for time travel. It's important. So, uh, do we have any plot holes from this movie we want to cover real quick?
1: There are surprisingly few plot holes, as the script was fairly tight, but there are a couple that we've got for you to address, Eric.
0: All right. All right.
1: Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, the first basic plot hole is when they're scanning the kid's brain and having an answer, and they're like, where is Phaelon?" And then all of these star charts start flickering on the screen super fast. And then one of the guys is like, these are maps of unknown star systems. How does he know? It's going by like 10 images a second.
0: Probably because they were using, um, like I actually noticed this while watching, uh, the computers they were, they were using only had like eight kilobytes of RAM in there. So uh, they couldn't fit any of those star star maps on there. And since there are so many coming, it's like, well, these aren't ours. I mean, what what's going on? So, that's wh- that's why. I, I think it's also because they're running multiple um, computers at once, with backup information, and they're printing stuff off as it comes out, and so so they have hard copies of it. And it's just you know he knows his star systems. He's been looking at the constellations.
1: This is NASA.
0: Yeah, and well like let's bring it back into uh our time i i think like they didn't prove that other um solar systems existed until like the 70s or 80s like actually like they thought well to get the proof yeah i mean they they figured that was the case but you still have to reach the burden of proof moment where you've looked at it enough and probed and got enough signal back with good enough telescopes exactly so that's what like they probably only had a a couple and you know after they go past let's say the first 10 it's like well these aren't ours all right how about this one so Phalon is 560 light years away so if he goes to Phalon and comes back and it uh it should take at the speed of light 1120 years but, it only took him eight years. So, how is that possible? I mean, even if they're going at the speed of light. Well, they addressed this in the film. They said he was going at faster than light. Like, they specifically said this is um, beyond light speed or something like that. But that's impossible. You can't go faster than the speed of light? Well, phalons can.
1: Especially when you start time traveling.
0: Oh, but I thought the time travel was a result of traveling close to the speed of light.
1: Uh, obviously not in this one as he had barely hit a measly, uh, 88 miles an hour when they were able to tra- translate into time space.
0: See, that's how they're able to get really far. They'll travel back in time, go forward, then travel back in time again, go forward. Oh, I see. So he traveled back in time, 1,120 years. Basically. That's the only And one. then flew out there and back. And they missed it by a couple months, yeah, years, whatever. Yeah, that's close enough. Good enough for government work. Yeah, I mean, it's like only a couple decimal points. He's a precise um, alien instrument. All right, you got another one, Richard?
1: All right, so when he says that, you know, he wants to be like 20 miles away, and he goes 20 miles straight up, and then you look at that screen, and it's got a distance on there. It's not 20 miles. That's 35
0: miles. So the alien says he like understands all of the languages on earth. Maybe he just happened to get to Latin and realize that it's Roman miles.
1: I always just figured that he also doesn't know promise and he doesn't know leak and he doesn't know all sorts of things. And so he was just like, the kid wants to leave. He's giving me some kind of measurement Here's 20 of our measurements. There, kid, 20 miles.
0: But the guy who's watching the monitor does say he's up 20 miles.
1: Yeah, that they do say that. Well, then, now we have to explain why NASA's wrong.
0: Because um, they should be using the metric unit or metric units because that's so more precise. Here's the thing. The 35 miles on the screen doesn't reference the distance from the target. It references the distance from the um, systems they're using to monitor its location and triangulate it. But
1: it specifically says altitude.
0: Well, they still, like, if they put satellites in orbit, they still count that as altitude, don't they? Yeah, so it's a high, high altitude. Maybe it's more... Satellite. I don't know exactly how far up that would be, but it's not up to uh, the moon yet, so we're good, right? I think satellite's around 55 miles. Yeah, so actually it'd be a low satellite. I'm not sure Let's I'm just gonna s- <laughs> Fact check That's the thing When we have to do The the plot holes Because we can't You know Look stuff up Ahead of time
1: That's okay That's the joy Of the Eler plot hole Yeah
0: that's the Eler plot hole So in that case No because It wouldn't be An airplane So I don't think jets Can get that high Even no. high altitude ones It's part of What's called The exosphere Alright so It's in the exosphere Oh wait no it's not Oh, no. Um, You're still technically in the, um, I think you're still technically in the atmosphere. Well, have you heard recently that the atmosphere actually might extend beyond the moon? Makes sense. I mean, the moon is um, held by the uh, Earth's gravity. So, I mean, there's still going to be some gas atoms out there, just not a ton, not a lot. So, yeah, it could be that the information they're getting is from a 35-mile-up satellite, and they're using that to triangulate the position of the uh, the alien spaceship at 20 miles. So they would be at that point in the thermosphere. The thermosphere is located above the mesosphere. The temperature in the thermosphere generally increases with, uh, with altitude reaching uh, 600 to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit, depending on solar activity. Um, so let's see. Yeah. Okay. So above 60 miles, uh, from earth's surface, the chemical composition of air becomes strongly dependent on altitude and the atmosphere becomes enriched with lighter gases. Also at 60 miles, uh, earth's atmosphere becomes too thin to support aircraft and vehicles need to travel at orbital velocities to stay afloat. So you could actually fit some level of a vehicle into the 35 mile per hour zone. Yeah. Oh, well, 30 miles um or the 35 mile. Uh, yeah, 30. Zone. Mi- uh-huh. Yeah, the it's the mesosphere is 30 to 50 miles above the the surface. And it's where the coldest temperatures on earth earth's atmosphere occur. And it's also the least studied of the atmospheric layers. So fun factoid. There you go. Now you know. I think I think we got that one answered. Do we have any more plot holes?
1: Uh, does Eric have any plot holes from when he was watching the
0: film? Uh, did, is there anything that uh, struck you as not making sense? Not the only thing I had was wondering was like, how did his little brother miss the uh, the ravine? Or like, I'm assuming um, the ravine wasn't there because the kid decided to check it out. So why did the little brother miss it? Like, not check it out, but maybe he already did and decided not to fall into it. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart younger brother. So, other than that, there weren't, like, too many plot holes that I noticed, but I wasn't actively looking for them.
1: I was just figuring there was, like, a tree, you know, the tree that's fallen across the ravine that the younger brother ran run across.
0: Yeah, and And I I mean, there's no ravines in Florida, right?
1: That is true. Uh, On the list of not plot holes... Somebody did bring up that Southern Florida is completely flat, has no ravines, and the only way you could fall into something is if it's a canal, and then it would be filled with water.
0: Um, so, now you so know.
1: Now you know. Apparently, Southern Florida has zero natural features and is completely flat. Some, you could play someone from
0: there thing. has wandered every inch, and they did not find a single ravine, only a canal. Even a hill. Because it's completely flat. Just nothing. All right. Makes sense to me. So uh, any last thoughts? I pretty much made it known. You, you weren't impressed? I Nostalgia is a great, is a great thing, but I kind of think the movie that I had made in my mind was better than the movie that I watched. So you want to watch The Last Starfighter instead? I've never seen The Last F- Starfighter, so yes. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I want to point out the little thing. It's a lot closer to what you said. The plot to this one was. I, I was thinking I was, um, I was, kind of quoting War Games, which I also haven't seen, but I know <laughs> War Games is entirely different. Oh well, I just know that there's a a computer game that this kid's a wit wh- is a whiz at, and then he gets uh, recruited by an alien force or something.
1: Yeah, you're thinking of the Last Starfighter.
0: Oh, then. Oh no, War Games is where he's playing like a, a missile defense game or whatever against a NASA super uh, supercomputer and the supercomputer thinks he's a threat or something. So he decides to nuke him because he can't lose. How about a game of
1: thermonuclear war?
0: It's a, it's a nice quick game and there's no winners. Except for the computers or the rat, you know cockroaches. So now you're thinking of Terminator. Oh, that's another good one. I like Terminator. All right, well, so uh, like us on Facebook at uh, PlotSpackle. Send us a tweet
1: at Plot Spackle Pod. I actually even check that on a regular basis. We just don't have anyone who talks to us. It could be you.
0: I sometimes talk to you, uh, Plot Spackle. but, you know, being one of the three people of Plot Spackle, it's just me trying to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I mean, liking our, our own tweet doesn't really help a whole lot. Hey, I have. Maybe we need to get on one of these new apps, like TikTok. What is that even? I think it's like Vimo. Or, no, I think they're like Vines. Weren't Vines a thing? Yes. Yeah. And then they died. I think it's the new Vine. And uh, send us an email. Okay, that's the other one. I'm like, what are we missing? Is it plotspackle at gmail.com? Plotspackle podcast. Oh, plotspackle podcast at gmail. Also, we have a Patreon, and we'd really appreciate it if you like if you enjoy this uh, this podcast, and you decide you know what I'd like to give some money to these guys. They're three upstanding blokes. You know, we would appreciate that, and then you can join the other good-looking people who uh, support us on that website. Leave us reviews on iTunes if you enjoyed what you listened to, or if you didn't enjoy what you listened to, and want us to do better,
1: but still make it a five-star review because that's what that's what actually lets our uh podcast get higher metrics so other people
0: will see it oh by the way we got a new uh five star review guys we did oh oh, yeah we're gonna read this get hype all right so basically the review says i've seen them all just two honestly oh that's it's by so we got a review by i've seen them all five star review just two honestly only two reviews at the time these guys are hilarious. If you haven't listened yet, then it's time. It really is. So you should listen to I've Seen Them All and listen. Thank you, I've Seen Them All. Thanks for that review.
1: And do what they say. Share it with your friends. If you've got them trapped in a car with you, turn it on. They're captive audience. They can't
0: stop you. You're the driver. What are they going to do? Probably I- panic and cause you to crash. It's fine. It's fine. And on that somber note...
1: See you later, Navigator.
0: Compliance.